Good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast for Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Friday, December 22nd, 2023. And our top story today, teaching the fundamentals of baseball to tomorrow's future collegiate and professional players. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Rick Dempsey is an Orioles Hall of Famer and the MVP of the 1983 World Series. And he's also a partner with the Baseball Warehouse. Rick, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. It's uh, that it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. I enjoy uh, communicating with people back east. Um, it kind of, I, I finally got an opportunity to get back uh, to my baseball roots, uh, which I consider Baltimore, and a chance to meet uh, uh, so a lot of new people who have who've come on board but a chance also to meet a lot of older people that were with me all the way back in the Oriole magic days. Yeah. And, and I'm a, look, I'm a fanboy. I'm not afraid to tell the audience. We have a very diverse audience all over the country, many in Baltimore, cause that's where I'm from born and raised. But Rick, I want to talk, you know, I want to get to the baseball warehouse in a few minutes, but let's talk about the story, the Rick Dempsey story. It's a, it's a, it's got a lot of twists and turns. You were a successful baseball player, a coach and manager, World Series MVP, and then became a broadcaster. Start by telling a little little bit about the journey and the twist, what you learned along the way, and you, what you're taking into the baseball warehouse. Well, I've got to start back in high school because I, I can remember sitting in my algebra class uh, as a senior, and I was failing the class, and and the priest told me, you know, what are you going to do with your whole life if you can't pass uh, your, your math? And I said, well, Father, I'm going to be a baseball player. And everybody kind of laughed because that sounds like something an eight-year-old kid might say, you know. But um, there I was, 17 years old, and I was still saying, hey, I'm going to be a Major League Baseball player. And, and fortunately, I got drafted out of high school. Uh, the scouts came to my house to sign me. Uh, they told my mother, don't change the furniture around in his room because he's probably not going to last more than two weeks before he gets cut and sent back here. So I, don't, I want you to be prepared for the disappointment. Well, my mom, God bless her, she said, you don't know who you're talking about. That kid never gives up at anything. So God bless her today. She's in heaven looking down, smiling a little bit. But I did have an incredibly good career. And I, I think it's because I never got hurt and uh, never gave them a reason to release me or send me out. So um, I, I was fortunate to play for some great ball clubs. I signed originally with Minnesota for five years. Great fundamental team. They, they taught me a lot about the basics of the game of baseball. Had a chance to meet some really great players. Jim Cott, guys like that, Harmon Killebrew, Bob Allison. Uh, they were great. I, um, I got traded to the New York Yankees at the right time. They really needed a good defensive catcher. Thurman Munson was the best. If I could say I had an idol, it would have been Thurman. Um, he played the game hard and I enjoyed watching him play. No resentment having to set the bench behind him because I was just happy to be in the big leagues. But being with the Yankees and the fans that they have there, uh, that was an incredible indoctrination 
into what baseball was really like playing in that old Yankee stadium where Babe Ruth and the best of them did. You got the chills every time you walked out on the field. It was, it was incredible. Um, got in a little bit of a scuffle with a player uh, um, uh, and a fight right at the, the last three days of the season when we were tied with the Baltimore Orioles. Um, pretty big guy, Bill Sudeikis. Um, he, um, he, he stabbed me with a fork on an airplane uh, before we, we, after sweeping a series in Cleveland, we had three left go to Milwaukee. Um, <clears throat> he was mad because Thurman was teasing him about being the third string catcher. So he took it out on me. But back when we got into the lobby of the hotel, Fister, pretty big boy, about six, three, about uh, 235, two thirty-five, two two forty. Um, Got into the lobby. We got into a fight. I hit him. He asked me, he said, what's it going to be, street fighting or boxing gloves? I said, neither. Right here, I hit him three times and knocked him out. That really pissed him off. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. George Steinbroder got a little mad because during that fight, I stepped back and broke Bobby Mercer's finger. He was our best player and our best hitter. Uh, he was out of this uh, of the last series, and we lost to the Baltimore Orioles. You see, I, I helped the Orioles win more than once. Yeah, you did, <laughs> they ended you up did, winning man. the division uh, because of that. And George Steinbrenner wasn't too happy. Uh, he he got rid of Bill Sudeikis right away. He called me in the office and he said, "Rick, he says I'm not happy about what happened." Uh, I said, "I know, Mr. Steinbrenner. I was crying because I loved the Yankees at the time, and." Uh, he said, you know, I'm going to probably have to get rid of you. And uh, I said, well, he wasn't going to do it immediately, so that was okay. But then the following year, halfway through the season, he traded me in a 10-player deal to the Baltimore Orioles. And actually, uh, from something bad, something good came of it. I got an opportunity finally, um, Jeff, to play every day for the Baltimore Orioles. And I ran into the most notorious manager anybody would ever want to play for miserable person to get along with but by far the best manager I ever played for Earl Weaver yeah and uh, we learned a lot about the discipline of the game from Earl Weaver we won almost every season I mean during that span not because of me but because of that team we had the best record in all of baseball uh, at that time and uh, I learned a lot about winning and you know, what it really took to be a part of a great ball club. So from there, I got in a contract dispute uh, with the Orioles um, about my 10th, 11th year, 11th year with them. And I said, I'd play for the worst team in baseball before I came back to the Orioles. Well, God was listening. He sent me to the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> they, they were not great. I had one year there and then became a free agent. Um, went into Fred Clare's office. Uh, he was a new general manager with the Dodgers. Um, I had asked Tommy Lasorda to help me uh, get a, um, an, uh, you know, uh, uh, some time with the GM to see if I could, uh, could play out my career with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'd never been on the West Coast. So um, finally, I didn't hear back from Tommy, and I went down there and sat in Fred, Fred Clare's office at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. At seven o'clock at night, he finally tried to sneak out of his office. I had waited five hours, but I said, Fred, please, I've never quitted anything. Don't make this be the first time. So he called me in. I told him, I said, this is what I'll do. I'll hit a home run every 24 at bats. I'll drive in a run every five at bats. 
I'll, I'll help you turn this pitching staff around. We'll win our division. We'll win the National League playoffs. We'll play in the World Series. We'll win the World Series. I'll catch the last pitch, and I'll give you the ball. And he says, damn, I better invite you to spring training. I said, yeah. I said, but in case I don't make the ball club, I'll thank you for the opportunity, and I'll retire and go into managing in the minor league. Well, <laughs> 160 at bats, seven home runs, exactly 30 RBIs. We won the division. We won the National League playoffs. We played in the World Series. We won the World Series in five games against the uh, Oakland A's. And uh, I caught the last pitch and I gave him the ball. So I fulfilled everything I told him. It was a miracle because that was the most incredible team I have ever played with. A bunch of um, guys that platooned all of the time most of the, we only had five regular players on the team but to beat a team like the Oakland A's the way that we did was nothing short of a miracle it's going to be someday touted as probably the biggest mismatch in World Series history won by the Los Angeles Dodgers yeah I mean absolutely spectacular and that was your second World Series win in 1988 I think I recall you catching the ball from Earl Hershiser, but I could be wrong on that. But but um, but I do remember Kirk Gibson. Rick, I want to trans if I could. Um, I want to transfer over to talking about the baseball warehouse first. What is Rick Dempsey's baseball warehouse? Tell us tell us what it is and and how you're taking all the fundamentals that you talked about the Twins, the O's, the Yanks. Uh, you know, you went to the Indians and then the Dodgers. How does that translate to what you're doing at Baseball Warehouse now? Well, uh, it had, I, I think um, a lot of people said, well, you know, that I was a pretty good game caller and, and I did a lot of fundamental things well uh, behind home plate. Um, I lasted 24 seasons in the major leagues and yeah, I, and I only retired because um, I got a little upset with the Orioles again because I actually did go back to the Orioles for my mm-hmm. final year. But um, it wasn't a lot of fun uh, being there. It, it was um, at the beginning, it sounded like they were going to give me an opportunity to play. But actually, I spent the whole uh, year with the with the Orioles and only started one game. So that's another record I probably have in the book. So uh, yeah. I'm going, sitting there the whole season and only starting one ball game. So uh, it was time to, to hang them up. Um, and I moved on to, um, uh, to managing uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I, you know, I was supposed to get a shot with the Orioles. That's the team I really wanted to break in with. But uh, it didn't work out. Some people didn't show up at the meeting they wanted me to be at. So, <laughs> so I started my managing career with the Los Angeles Dodgers in Bakersfield, California. I was the worst manager that anybody ever put out on the field because I I tried to be like Earl Weaver, kick the dirt, all the kind of stuff, you know. Um, my team ended up in last place. And so the general manager, Fred Clare, called me in and said, listen, I'm going to move you up the ladder, but I'm only going to move you up the ladder because I want you to be Rick Dempsey. Yeah. Uh, we won the Pacific Coast League title that year. And, and I learned a, a lot from listening to Fred. Um, and how I should act. I mean, it, it, it all worked out after that. Then I kind of understood what the minor minor league baseball was all about, was teaching kids how to play the game, how to discipline themselves, how to, how to look at a ball game and say, this is how we have to win it. And um, 
so then things started to progress pretty good. So from that point on, um, I spent a couple years with the Dodgers and then went with the Mets. I uh, had a couple of championship seasons with them playing in the playoffs. Um, and then um, Davey Johnson came along. He got the managing job with the Dodgers. I said I had been there. He put me on his coaching staff. And that's where um, that's where I got my major league coaching experience, uh, starting with the Dodgers. And then I went back with the Baltimore Orioles, thanks to Peter Angelos. He invited me back. Uh, so... You know, like I was telling you uh, before, um, I, I did get an offer to manage the Orioles three times um, from Peter Angelos, but um, somebody talked him out of it. And so he had to call me three times and tell me it really wasn't going to happen. And at that point, he asked me to do television for him. Yep. And I said, Peter, I don't know anything about television. And again, uh, my first year as a as an analyst, I was terrible. I didn't know the rhythm and timing, um, you know, how to talk. And then finally they brought a guy along, Tom Davis, who was the host of the show. And yep. uh, he taught me everything that I needed to know about television. And that started to work out very well. So I did that for 15 years. And then uh, Peter got dementia, um, turned the ball club over to his sons, um, Things didn't work out. Uh, they uh, they didn't offer me a contract to stay with the Orioles. And uh, and so I just uh, basically uh, retired. Didn't want to, but that's where I am right now. Yeah, and, and, and you so you are creating now you're training future collegiate and professional yes. ball players. And let's talk a little bit about that, because. That, you know, one thing I know about Rick Dempsey, and I know, obviously, you're a great, a good hitter, uh, a great defensive catcher, but you have the grit and determination. So let's talk about how do you, let's talk about the baseball warehouse. How do you train? Is training a, a, a future collegiate player or professional player different today than it was when you were kind of coming up the ranks as a, as a, as a ball player? My approach actually uh, is to put a, a, a good team of instructors together, but everybody with a strength, like a Mike Bordick is all infield. You know, uh, I'm not going to go out there and try to teach uh, the, the little kids uh, the footwork and everything that it takes to be a great infielder. I'm not going to step in front of Al Bumbry and tell kids this is the way you should hit. Al's a great instructor. So is Ryan Ripken. I'm very impressed with him. Love having him there as one of the coaches, but he obviously knows the fundamentals of hitting too. With me, it, it's just been catching so far. Um, catching is, is probably the toughest position of all of them because you have to spend more time working on every little thing. You're set up yeah. behind home plate, as you know, in every sport, uh, Jeff, it's, um, you know, you, you've got to be able to, whether it be golf or, or, or basketball or football, you have to be able to set up well to make plays. And so uh, teaching them the setup and the reasons and how not to get yourself hurt, keep your thumb inside your fingers like this behind your glove, and you'll never have a broken bone. In 27 years, I never had any problems with foul tips. The old guys had, had fingers going every different direction because they caught with <laughs> their hands open. So sure. anyway, um, I started, I've, I've started coaching them at catching and, and teaching them how to throw their feet back. I learned that from Cal Ripken Sr. Um, and it, it became really good for me because I, I became very quick and you couldn't throw the ball by me. Um, 
um, have a nice little story about uh, about that. When Steve Stone came to our ball club, he'd never won more than 12 games. He's pitching in his first game. He's winning three to two, men on second and third in the ninth inning. There's one out and a right-hand hitter up with two strikes and no balls, and I call for the curveball in the dirt. Oh, he gets really upset, and he calls me out and says, I'm not throwing this ball to the backstop and have the tying run score and the winning run go to third with less than two outs. I said, Steve, listen, you don't throw that good. You don't throw that good to throw the ball by me ever, and especially a breaking ball. You're not going to get it by me. He says, okay, this is on you. Called the curveball. He threw it in the dirt. I blocked it. Swing strike three. Pops up the third guy. And um, then he goes on to win. And you won't believe it because he never won more than 12 games. He ended up winning 25 games. Even Jim Palmer, who won three Cy Young Awards, <laughs> you know, never won 25 ball games in a season. So Steve won it. And, and it, it taught him a little something about how to pitch out of the strike zone when he was ahead in the count. But those are the kind of things I tell him. I tell him, you know, you know, be very uh, cautious about how you set up and your first move. I show him the footwork. The footwork is, is difficult to get at first because they're used to just kind of skipping, hopping, jumping and throwing the ball, you know, all over the place. So, uh, some of them have done very well already. A couple of weeks of working on the, the fundamentals of throwing back there and all of them are starting to show little signs of improvement so it's going to take a long time to teach them about catching because it's a very difficult position yeah uh, as you said the hardest uh rick i need to take a very quick break when we come back more with rick dempsey and teaching the future professional collegiate baseball players in america you're going to want to stay tuned right here on brn am Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Rick, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah. I enjoy talking about it. We've got it rock and rolling in, in 
in Baltimore now with uh, the baseball warehouse and then the Rick Dempsey baseball warehouse. And so yep. uh, the guy who put it all together, uh, Matt Morris, is is really excellent at running these businesses. And so he's been a huge help to us. And we really enjoy working with him, uh, myself and my partner, uh, Rick Oliver, who is my agent for most of my baseball career with Baltimore. Um, uh, we uh, we decided to go together on this and and buy part of the baseball warehouse and and it's really working out well. Yeah, uh, well, it sounds like it, and and you have a lot to impart uh, in terms of the skills, but also that determination and fire that I think probably pretty hard to coach and replicate. Rick, I want to I want to go back to the the staff because you talked about Mike Board, a former shortstop. Uh, you talked about Al Bumery. No one no one can forget the B. Center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles. Who you talked about Ryan Ripken, obviously from a great uh, patronage, and, and Cal Ripken and Cal Ripken yeah. Senior, and and um, I guess Uncle Billy. But uh, who else is on the coaching staff? Because you draw from all over Major League Baseball, bring the and and professional baseball. You bring these experts in, and and they're getting the the, the trainees are getting the best of all worlds. They really are. And, and, and I was uh, really delighted that so many big names from my era are able to have stayed and, and lived in Baltimore and around Baltimore have been able to um, ha- give me their time to work with these kids. And it's a really a pleasure to have them. The primary staff that I have is Mike Bordick, who set major league record for the most airless games in a row. He took over for Cal Ripon when Cal moved to third base. So a quality guy he had to be because they weren't going to replace Cal Ripken with with a lesser player, that's for sure, on defense. So Al Bumbry, everybody knows him, one of the best leadoff hitters of my era, and he understands the game of hitting. And not so much like today, uh, Jeff, where they want everybody to uppercut. He still believes in swinging down and through, and I think, um, it says something about him. We want to teach our kids the fundamentals of hitting, make them good hitters first. And then if an organization signs them to a professional contract and wants them to uppercut, at least they'll know the roots and the fundamentals of hitting. It's going to keep that batting average up a little bit. Um, um, they may want to try to turn them into home run hitters. It's their choice uh, as to how to do that. Uh, Ryan Ripken, I just told you, I'm very impressed with, he was working with a young man the other day. I don't think I've ever seen anybody hit the ball better in a cage off the tee with the good, greatest fundamentals than this. He was a sophomore in high school and he hits the ball stronger than most major league guys that I've seen. Uh, So Ryan Ripken is really off to a good start uh, teaching and the fundamentals that his father uh, taught him about hitting. Um, so I'm very happy to have those guys on board. Um, Calvin Madura, uh, Madura is a, a, a right-handed pitcher that was up with the Orioles. Yep. Now he's worked in the Latin countries. He speaks Spanish. Uh, he speaks very good English. He lives in the United States. And Calvin is about the fundamentals of pitching. And if you can throw the ball as fundamentally well as he did, you're going to be successful. Uh, I really enjoy uh you know, him coming in and working individually with a lot of the pitchers. Uh, Jeff Fry is another guy who's, who's on board, major league, great motor, major league hitter. Uh, we got guys like that um, that are on board with. Those are the primary guys that you're going to see. But some of the other names you're going to know very well, Jose Canseco, 
will will come by. He'll give clinics and everything on hitting the Powerball. And I think it's good for the 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 more experienced hitters to see a guy like Jose Canseco and his approach to hitting the long ball. Guy makes a mistake, boom, ball gone. You know, and so we we want to bring him in uh, at special times. He can have some. We're going to do some uh, a major clinic with him where he'll have home run hitting contest against the other kids and stuff. That'll be fun. Adam Jones, you know him, great center fielder yep. for the Orioles. And uh, he went off and played, uh, I think, ball in Japan after he retired and did very well. Adam Jones knows everything about playing the outfield. He knows a lot of, about hitting, big home run hitter, a good high uh, average hitter. A, a quality guy, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy. We're, he's going to be back in town, moving back to Baltimore again. Goose Gossage. I mean, what can you say about Goose? Uh, a, a closer um, for the New York Yankees Hall of Famer. This guy, uh, we're going to have him come in and, and get some pitching lessons. He's a He was a power pitcher all the way, and his approach uh, was a darn good one. You know, he wasn't afraid. Send one up in here and then then go down and away. Not a you know not a guy who who did a lot of cheap things out there throwing or trying to hit people, but he knew how to orchestrate uh, setting up his pitches. Scott McGregor almost exactly the opposite of Goose Gossage, except Scotty was a starter. Body rhythm, uh, being able to change speeds, throw the ball over the plate. He kept left-handers. He just gave them nightmares, but they wondered how, how they could miss the ball. Very smart pitcher. I've been with him since we were both Yankees together. Uh, he's on call. Uh, Derek May is on call. You know, players like this, you know, Jeff Fry, uh, yep. second baseman, very good hitter. Uh, Brad Bergeson, guys like that we can call from. You know, if we wanted to get Ken Singleton in there, he's a local that lives. We can get him in there if we can. Not yeah. the guys that are going to be working on a daily basis with the individuals, but we can set them up with people uh, at, at different times. So those are those are our backup guys right there. But you can see all big names, all have been successful at the major league level, and they want to give a little something back to the community, and this is how we help them do that. Yeah, absolutely. They're kind of platooning, if you will. Uh, Rick, last absolutely. last last question before we have to let you go. I could talk with you for hours, but we'll have you back. Um, if you're a, I know, I know, but we only it's only a half an hour show. But you know, this is it's to be continued. It'll be like one of those. It'll be a series. But but Rick, I want to ask you if you're a parent out there and you're watching uh, Rick Dempsey, you read about Rick Dempsey's baseball warehouse. How do you, how do you, how old do ch kids have to be to get involved? How do they get involved? Where do they go to get involved so they can get some of the wisdom that you, Al Bummery, Ryan Ripkin, all the other great athletes you mentioned can uh, they can learn from? Well, you can you can look up our website, uh, Rick Dempsey Baseball Warehouse. Uh, the base the baseball warehouse is on Owings Mills. Uh, this is one that Matt Morris began with. We have a couple of other uh, places um, that that we have uh, facilities uh, to accommodate. Um, so it, it, all you got to do is look up the baseball warehouse and you'll find a way to get to us. It's very simple. Um, like uh, uh, I was saying, we have plans for a lot of clinics and a lot of camps and everything. I've never seen so many people coming and going <laughs> at all. 
I came in for a clinic myself for eight days. We did, we just kept going and going. A couple of uh, catching clinics the whole time and, and hitting and that sort of thing. You learn the basic fundamentals. They're very patient guys. And I'd also like to add, we take the time to help the parents learn how to help their children. And that, yeah. that's big because I'll take some time while Matt's getting them all warmed up and ready to go. I will go in and talk to all the parents, answer any questions they have. Um, we emphasize, you know, that they they hold the ball uh, properly with a four seam. There's two seam side of the ball and a four seam side of the ball to throw infield, outfield. I think you have to be accustomed to throwing the ball four seam. If you want to throw a four seam fastball, it's going to stay straight. But pitchers do throw two-seam fastballs. That's down the road a little ways. But we just want to get everybody, um, all the, the parents on board, uh, are conditioning their kids and, and, and how to help them train themselves. As they get older, they'll take over that process themselves. But dads love it. And, and really, yeah. some of the moms love it, too, because if we can talk to them and teach them a little bit about the game of baseball, then they have a lot to communicate to their own children. And I think they love that. Yeah. And never underestimate the, that, that parental relationship and especially yeah. grooming the kid on the way uh, to hopefully becoming a professional or at least the collegiate level. Rick, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to talk to you. Great to see you. Um, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Please do, please do. And thank you very much for the opportunity here, you know, to get out in, in the area in Baltimore. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Best of luck. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, and visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Weekly. Jane King will be joining us from the NASDAQ to help break down markets. And then we'll be taking a look back at some of our best segments of the week. So until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.